The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. I think probably the biggest uh, asset um, that I've gained through my experience of you know being uh, uh, a, a first grader in New York, uh, <laughs> you know back in the late '60s, and then flying back and forth between Japan and the United States every three, four years because of my father's business, um, gave me first of all number one uh, the ability to communicate in English, uh, but also understand uh, you know cultures outside of Japan, especially U.S. culture and also Canadian culture as well. Kaz Harai has been the CEO of Sony for six years, and the company just announced that he'll be stepping aside and taking the title of chairman in April. That means he's been the CEO at Sony for much of the time that I've been at CNBC. And in that span, I've sat down with him most every year at the Consumer Electronics Show, a sprawling event in Las Vegas where the world's gadget giants gather every year. Funny thing about Kaz, he, he stepped in to take the reins at Sony at a moment when the sky was falling in on the company. Apple's iPod and iTunes had snatched the digital music mantle away from the Japanese giant, and Samsung had seized Sony's crown in TVs. Kaz leaves the CEO seat with the company pretty clearly better off than when he started. I'm John Fort from CNBC, and you're listening to the Fort Knox podcast, Rich Ideas and Powerful People. I do this weekly, bringing you the highest achievers. We're going to learn how the very best climb to the top and pull out lessons along the way. If that sounds good to you, make this a habit. Apple's podcast app is the most popular way to tune in, but Overcast, Stitcher, Google Play, and more mainly, just subscribe and every episode will come straight to you. I sat down as usual with Kaz Harai at the Consumer Electronics Show in January, but this time for both CNBC Live and for the Fort Knox podcast. We discussed Sony's latest products and phones, TV, and the return of that robot dog, Ibo. But I also talked to him about the multicultural life experience that prepared him to be CEO in this turbulent era. Here's Kaz Harai. Kaz Harai, CEO of Sony. You've had a pretty amazing journey as an executive at Sony. Mm -hmm. You started off in music Correct. and gaming. Yes. Tell me, how has that informed the way you have led the company since? I, I think the experience I had with Sony Music and with uh, Sony Computer Entertainment, now Sony Interactive Entertainment, the PlayStation business, uh, really gave me a wider perspective on what we do here at Sony. So when I became CEO of Sony Corporation, uh, I already had the experience of managing two of the most important uh, entertainment businesses. Um, and that's why I came up with concepts like One Sony uh, and the need to really work together. And you know the, the positive results that we can get when we actually do work together because I was a part of those uh, those experiences. Tell me about your view of the music business now and just the crazy changes it's been through over the past 20 years. Like I, I remember this story about Christina Aguilera on AOL finding new audiences, <laughs> right? And to just think how crazy far we've gone even since then. You've recently done a deal, I believe, with Facebook. 
similar to for the ones Sony Music uh, for the uh, the publishing part of the business. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. similar to the ones that YouTube has done with some publishers, so that people can right. actually have music in their yes. videos. Mm -hmm. How much? How much profit is going to come from that sort of deal going forward versus the traditional people buying an individual song or even people subscribing to streaming music? Well, I think the, uh, the going forward, the vast majority of the uh, the income is going to come from the digital services. So uh, maybe a less on the download side, but certainly streaming um, and all the licensing deals that we have with all of the uh, you know the online partners. Uh, that's going to be the majority of the profit um, going forward. Um, and uh, the, you know, the, the physical sales, that is on a decline, with the exception of certain territories like Japan and maybe Germany, where uh, physical is still a very strong part of our business. Um, so it depends on territory, but generally, I think it's going to be from all the digital services that we do. What do you think is going to happen to artists? I think that uh, you know, this is a great time for artists because they have so many avenues to really bring their, uh, their music to consumers, whether it's through uh, services like Spotify um, or other online services. If they so choose, they can even just upload their songs onto sites or even you know, have their own site, which is something that artists 20 years ago couldn't have dreamt of. Um, so it, it's giving artists more opportunities to really get their music out there. And they don't have to rely on a major label like Sony Music, but we also therefore cater also to these indie artists uh, by providing a service that pro allows them to directly put their music out into the consumers as well. What has surprised you the most when it comes to the gaming business? I mean, the console business, it seems like, has changed quite a bit. We're getting more incremental upgrades, yep. appealing perhaps more to hardcore gamers. You saw especially this online game, gaming thing coming a long way out. You were working on that. What surprised you? Uh, I think that uh, the fact that when we started the, uh, the PlayStation Network, we were predominantly focused on video games. Um, and we always talked about we want to do other things, you know, like you know, video streaming or music, um, other online services. Uh, I didn't realize that the take up of those services would be as quick as you know, we've seen over the past 10, 15 years. Um, and so, how, you know, much, how much of what happens is non-gaming? Um, it, it's still it's still a small percentage okay. overall, but even then, because we were basically uh, you know providing a network service to to gamers, uh, you know the question was you know how many people are going to watch movies? Uh, but there are actually people who love watching movies. You know Netflix, for example, is uh, you know one of their biggest platforms is actually the PlayStation platform. Um, so you know a lot of uh, you know various uh, non-game services that have come onto the services something that was really you know, the take up really was quick. When you look at your own background mm -hmm. and kind of the broad global experience that you've had, cultural experience that you've had, what are some experiences, mentors, even, I mean, not to hit your ego in a weird place, uh, capabilities that you have that you found have really been useful to you as you've taken on more and more leadership responsibility? I think probably the biggest uh, asset um, that I've gained through my experience of you know, being uh, uh, a first grader in New York, <laughs> uh, you know, back in the late 60s, and then flying back and forth between Japan and the United States every three, four years because of my father's business, um, gave me, first of all, number one, uh, the ability to communicate in English, uh, but also understand, uh, you know, cultures outside of Japan, especially U.S. culture and also Canadian culture as well. Um, and that really, from a business perspective, gave me the ability to say, you know what, 
I see exactly what you're saying, but I can't agree with that. So let's agree to disagree, um, which is something that's really been uh, an asset. You know, as I manage all, you know, a variety of different businesses, we face you know problems and issues every day, uh, and we can't all agree on everything. But as I said, let's agree to disagree on this point and then move on to find out what we can agree on. How much is Japanese corporate culture changing in this connected global era? I think that uh, it's it's changing. Um, Probably a little bit slower than I had anticipated, uh, but I think that you know, with the global exposure that many Japanese multinational companies have today, uh, they're going to be forced to really embrace this change as quickly as possible. Uh, and some companies do it better than others, uh, but generally, I think Japan needs to internationalize a lot more. What's the next big hill that the corporate culture in Japan you think is is going to take needs to take in order to continue that progress. Well, I think one of the things that you know I've I've kind of emphasized is uh, you know making sure that you know Japanese corporations and their executives um, they have they become more visible, if you will. So I have the pleasure of speaking to you today, um, and I don't know how many Japanese CEOs you've interviewed over the past year. Uh, you know, in this kind of a format, uh, you probably interviewed many English-speaking CEOs. Right. Pretty um, much so, you. So that that's that's the kind of uh, you know the, what's the, you know we need to overcome that. Um, it's, a, it's a challenge, especially for for South Korean executives. Also, you know, Samsung putting out its message, for example, with top executives, it doesn't really happen that much right, in, in right. the West. In but the US. quite honestly, you know, in this day and age, um, you have to have that visibility. Um, and you know you have to have a CEO associated with that company and that brand because it's so important to have that connection and for you know companies in Japan not to have that that could be a challenge it's a, it's a disadvantage quite honestly our conversation continued we talked about screen time for kids and what Sony really means to him after how many years has he been there I had trouble counting This is the Fort Knox Podcast, and you're listening to my conversation with the outgoing CEO of Sony, Kaz Hirai. What's your take on this screen time, this new screen time controversy? Parents trying to figure out um, how to arrange their, their kids' time on devices, how much should software companies do to help parents do that? Uh, you've, been, you've been a screen time guy for a long time. I think I I really think that uh, you know just based on personal experience um, that it's it's different with each family um, and uh, also the personality of the of the child as well as the personality probably of the parent as well uh, you know in our case uh, you know I was running a video game company but you know I did limit uh, video game time uh, every day to about 30 minutes and you get an hour on the weekend. Um, just an hour on the weekend? On the, just an hour on the weekend wow. uh, when they were in elementary school. Now we kind of loosened that as we went along. Um, and uh, you know, I talked to the other executives at, uh, you know, at the time and they each had their own rules and uh, guidelines you know, for gameplay. So it really depends on, uh, I think, the household. Are your kids gamers today? Uh, my son actually uh, used to be a real hardcore gamer. I think he's now, because he's in school, He's kind of become a little bit lighter. Uh, my daughter, when she was in elementary school, she was absolutely into uh, video games, and since then she's kind of moved away from it. Well, when, I, especially when she started going out with uh, with her boyfriend. That right. changes everything. <laughs> I, I'm not going to dig too deep into that yeah, one. I'm sure, yes. well, no, yeah, but, it, and don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you don't want to. Just to just to close things close things up. Talk to me about what Sony means to you now. You've been at the company for quite a while. Since 84. 84, wow. 84. So um, you're coming up on 15 years, I mean 25 years. 35. 35 years. Yep. 
let me do some math. 35 <laughs> years. You look so young, I just couldn't, <laughs> just couldn't believe it. Um, how that's evolved over time, because Sony has meant so many different things to me. I mean, Sony in the 80s, you know, in New York, people were afraid that Sony was taking over the world. Now, once again, you know, Sony is showing strength in some of those core areas. What is the company's reason for being, and what does it mean to you almost 35 years later? Well, um, it, it's really the reason why I joined Sony Music back in 84, and that was, again, I wanted to be a part of a business that really brings that wow through music at the time. Um, so the Japanese word kando, you know, moving people emotionally, saying, wow, this is pretty cool. You know. um, and that's been my driving uh, uh, motivation ever since. Same thing with uh, our video game business. And quite honestly, when I came to Sony Corp as well, I said, you know, we're here through our electronic products to make sure that we wow people. So let's make sure our products are products that wow people. Um, and that was the missing DNA. I think we had lost it somewhere along the way because we decided we we're gonna compete on price, features and functionality. Now, you gotta do that, but that's not what Sony is about. Sony is about providing products that really wow people. It's like, oh my God, you can do this? Mm. Uh, just like the reaction I got yesterday with Ivo when I showed it to the crowd. That's what we're here to do uh, each and every day to certainly, you know, uh, consumers here in the United States, but around the world. That's what we are. So Sony stock is up near 50 bucks a share where it hasn't been for a decade. You had a tough task, particularly in TVs, getting mm -hmm. this thing turned around with the announcements that you've done uh, just last night here. Yep. Where is that business now? And is it, is it a growth and profitable business for you? Well, uh, it's a very stable business now for us. Uh, some markets are still in growth mode. Other markets are shrinking or is stable. Um, and uh, so it depends on the territory. But from a business perspective, uh, we have really shifted our product focus to the more high end uh, with 4K, with OLED. Um, and uh, so I think going forward from an operating profit perspective, it's going to be a very stable business for us. You announced a couple of phones here. Mm -hmm. January could be seen as an odd time to announce phones, but the focus is on cameras. A yes. lot of people might not remember that Sony sensors are in, you know, iPhones, Android phones, et cetera, not et cetera. just Sony phones. Correct. That's been a focus for you. Correct. How do you intend to grow your capabilities in that arena, which has been a grower for you? Well, I think we need to look at it from a two perspectives. One is making sure that we stay ahead of the competition in terms of the quality of the image sensors, whether it's uh, high resolution, uh, high dynamic range, uh, you know, obviously uh, reduction in, uh, in noise, etc. But at the same time, uh, there's a, a natural growth in the business because of the dual lens cameras, uh, certainly on the cameras that are on the outside, but now we're also seeing dual lens cameras on the inside as well, which means that traditionally we only used to sell one sensor for one phone, now we can do as many as four. Uh, and that's something that is a, a growth business for us, um, regardless of whether there's a growth in the number of the actual phones going out the door. Now, some people might remember man's second best friend, perhaps, Ibo, <laughs> indeed, is back. Indeed. Improved? Improved. Uh, let, me, uh, let me just introduce you to Ibo. There he is. Now, yeah, this, uh, the MTV viewers of a generation ago will certainly remember Ibo from the, <laughs> the real world house, I believe. But what's different about this in an era where voice control mm -hmm. and interaction with robotics right is now the new thing, which right. you've been working on for quite a while. Well, uh, this new Ibo um, is chock full of AI, as well as uh, finer robotics. Um, and because this is connected to the cloud, uh, it recognizes each and every one of its users. Um, so it obviously is recognizing your face right now. So you need to smile at it to make oh, sure yeah? that he okay. likes you. 
So there you go. See? If I if I growl or bark at Ibo, is he going to remember that? And he will like, remember. So okay. uh, it depends on how the owners actually interact with the individual Ibo and how he or she turns out in five years' time or even a year's time is going to be quite different. So each and every Ibo will grow to be a different uh, kind of an animal. And because it's connected to the network, it also shares information about you know its learnings. Um, so that it can become more smarter and more interactive with the users as we go along. Big use case for image sensors now is in autonomous cars, mm -hmm. internet of everything, um, and you're, you're basically the eyes for a lot of these systems. What new demands is that putting on you R&D wise? What investments are you making to try to push the industry forward for we, the we, Teslas and Ubers, We always uh, make a huge investment in our image sensing technology. Uh, obviously to stay ahead of the competition in the smartphone business, but also because uh, you know there's a lot of high requirements um, from the automobile manufacturers and the tier one suppliers that we work with. And we want to make sure that you know we're meeting and exceeding the demands from a technical standpoint, as well as uh, you know environmental issues, um, and uh, so a sizable investments in that space, and I think uh, you know that's proving to really uh, provide with us with uh, with a lot of tangible relationships that we've been able to forge with uh, automobile manufacturers and tier one suppliers. And finally, you've got an AirPod competitor that you announced here. Are you going to be able to ship those in volume? Because Apple's had trouble. Uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, but uh, we pride ourselves in making sure that we have great manufacturing, and so uh, you know, we're pretty confident about our ability to deliver product into the market. My thanks to Kaz Harai. I'm John Fort from CNBC, and this has been Fort Knox: Rich Ideas and Powerful People. Subscribe on Apple's podcast app or wherever fine podcasts are distributed. Please do leave a review if you enjoyed this. Also, subscribe to the Fort Knox channel on YouTube. That's F-O-R-T-T-K-N-O-X.com slash YouTube. Follow me, John Fort, on Facebook, Twitter, and Periscope. There you'll see video from some of these interviews, and you can say hi to me live, usually Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. That's when I tackle some of the most interesting business and economic issues with a little help from my friends at CNBC and from you. Just go to YouTube and search for Fort Knox, or go to Facebook or Twitter and search for John Fort, and you'll know what to do from there. Meanwhile, share this. Tell a friend. Drop me a note on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or FortKnox.com. And as always, thank you for lending an ear. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.